Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They have won the Rachel Hayhoflin Trophy. Well, haven't we witnessed some absolutely sensational test cricket? Ash Gardner, take a bow. Hello and welcome to Storylines, the women's cricket podcast with me, Melissa Story, and my wonderful co-host, Nikki Chowdhury. Nikki, do you want to explain what has happened? Oh my goodness. Um, hi everyone, I'm Melissa. So um, it's not like we just spent the last 15 minutes doing the podcast and realising we haven't even clicked record until I was like, wait, where's the red flashy light? It's not showing anything. <laughs> I I would just say that all professionals do a rehearsal first. So if anything, we've just perfected things. Now we can't make any mistakes. So how was your weekend? <laughs> I've seen through your stories. It's been pretty eventful. So run us through what's happened. Okay, quick run through. Saturday, 6am, needed to get the train into London. First two trains were cancelled. Jumped on the third one, was already running late. And of course, it's British trains. So my one was late too. Jumped in a taxi and... The taxi driver couldn't seem to understand what he was saying, but he also had such a thick East London accent that I couldn't understand what he was saying either. (laughs) So (laughs) I had to get the taxi to BBC Broadcasting House, all of that, showed up late, had to jump onto the mic straight away with Henry Moran, Catherine Siverbrunt, who was laughing at me this entire time because I was sweaty and absolutely in a state of panic. Um, But it was fine because it was raining in Adelaide. um, And the game got called off. So that was my morning. I then did updates for Five Live on the second T20 between England and India, which we'll be chatting about very shortly. Um, Essentially, when you're doing these Five Live updates, this voice kind of comes up in your ear saying, coming to you soon, 10 seconds, or coming to you soon, 30 seconds. And usually it's every time a wicket's fallen, which in that second T20 was a lot. Um, So I was incredibly stressed. And the worst thing is that, of course, I'm not in Mumbai, so I'm watching this from a screen. And every time a wicket falls, we go to adverts. So I can't tell you what the score is, but I can tell you about this 
tires advert I'm getting with Virat Kohli. There's some very strange adverts. I don't like that about the matches that happen in India, especially like when I go to India and we watch the cricket, it's literally a ball and it's an advert. It's a ball and an advert. And you're like, wait, hang on. Like I can't even, you don't even get into the game. I know. My my least favourite advert is that very strange Ian Botham one where he encourages you to take vitamins because they make you look healthier. And then there's a clip of him walking a few yards where I find in the garden what looks like they're struggling to walk as much as in that clip um yeah so I'm not I'm not quite sure how well those vitamins are working you also get a really weird shot of his feet in that advert which I don't think anyone wants to see but cricketers and adverts it's a strange strange old mix but yeah essentially did updates on that game had a nice evening in London with my friends then came back in the next morning nice and early to commentate on about eight balls in my stint before the entire game was called off for an unsafe pitch because the ball was literally flying past Josh Inglis's head. Um, so I came up to London for the weekend and I think I've been on air for about 45 minutes. So successful. All in all, you still get paid for it, right? So, well, I, I do. So, you know what? <laughs> Treated myself to a new pair of trousers on Oxford Street in the break and... You know, can't complain, can you? It's a dream job, really. But anyway, let's talk about these two T20s because in the end, England win the series 2-1, but India fight back today in this third T20 with a, a pretty comprehensive win. Let's look at, have a look at the scorecard first for that second T20 because when we run through it, India batting first. Essentially, it started badly when Shafali Verma was dismissed for a two-ball duck. And just wickets were falling all the time. Poor Jamima Rodriguez was out there in the middle. She scored 30 off 33 balls, the top scorer for India. Second closest was Smriti Mandana with 10 off nine. And I, I just don't know what was happening out there. I mean, it was some of the, the, the poorest shot selection. I, I, I think from, from watching the whole game, you know, quite intensely, I think England's spinners were concise. They were good and... But when you look at the dismissals against some of the seamers, it was just some poor, poor shot selection. Yeah, it was. I didn't get to actually watch that game because I was in Milan. But oh, um, stop it. I see some clips of it. Um, the dismissals were more like, not so much. I don't think the bowlers getting the batters out. I think it was more the batters just weren't th going through with the right shot selection. And it just seemed a bit out of, I don't want to say out of form because that was obvious, right? But it just something didn't seem to click. Like there was a sense of panic with the dismissal. And in the end, India bowled out for just 80 in 16.2 overs. Uh, there was an incredible catch from Sophie Eccleston, caught and bowled out. That was insane. I saw that. Diving to her left. And she. I think the most impressive fact was that her momentum was, was pushing the ball down towards the ground as if she was going to drag it. We saw with Mitchell Stark earlier in the Ashes that he dragged the ball along the ground and it was deemed not out. But Eccleston, she twisted her hand round at the last second to keep it up. Oh my God. Just the awareness for that was crazy. And I mean, you know, as someone who's, who's watched India a lot, and I'm sure we'll begin to talk about both of these sides batting because England's was pretty shoddy today in the third T20. But for, for a side like India, in their first T20, they, they fielded poorly, which is so unlike India in these last few years. And then in the second T20, they, they just batted so poorly. And it almost felt like the, the Indian team of of the past, really. When you look at them now, and of course, you've got Australia right at the top and you've probably got 
England and India battling it out for that second spot at the moment, it, it just didn't feel like a team who's playing in front of thousands of their home fans like if anything that should be motivating you to go out there and play it was a good batting pitch as well Mumbai as well we know is it is a smaller ground but nothing nothing clicked for them yeah nothing seems to have clicked but clearly that loss yesterday was needed because the performance they put in today was literally, you wouldn't believe that was the same team. Now, before we go on to that, I just mentioned all of England's bowlers were in with the wickets in that second T20. So when England look at that performance, they'll be going, OK, all of our bowlers chipping in. I think Charlie Dean was particularly impressive. She was fresh into the side, picked up two wickets for 16 in her four overs. And most of those were bowled inside the power play. And coming back from a stomach bug as well, out of all the things to come back from, you know, well, all I can say is at least they don't wear whites anymore. But... It, it certainly, certainly. <laughs> I mean, Joe Root wore a nappy once playing test cricket. Everything's possible. I've sent Nikki into a crisis now. It's no way back. And just in reply of chasing down that 82, I mean, I want to touch on this as well before we go to the 30-20, which uh, I think was a little bit more of an exciting game. But in England's reply... They were by no means confident in the batting department and that transferred into this 30-20 because Alice Capsey top scored with 25 off 21. Nat Siver Brunt picked up 16 runs off 13 balls. But at one point when England needed something like 12 runs to win, they lost the wickets of Capsey, Jones and Kemp in such quick succession. And it just, it, it, England made things so hard for themselves for no reason. And, and I guess... You know, it was this, the same thing today in the 30-20. I think some of the, the shot selection was not not the best. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Let's go on to the 30 yeah. I feel like a lot, there's a lot of themes around both of the, these two games. So if, in this game, England batting first, they scored 126. It was an incredibly poor performance from England with four players getting golden ducks in their innings. That was Maya Bouchier coming into the team. Danny Gibson as well. Danny Gibson that was as well. a brilliant delivery, though, to dismiss Bouchier. That was beautiful. Renuka Singh Thakur has just been... The, the shining beacon of this India team in this series. I, I honestly think she's one of the best in the game at the moment. Uh, really reminds me of, of Megan Shoot almost in her earlier days when that in-swing, I mean, it still is, but so prominent. But And even the, the control she manages to exhibit, I know in the second T20 she started with a few wides because the ball was swinging so much. But when you look at her figures today, four for 23, picked up two wickets. 
she has an incredible record against England, but just the way that she is able to make inroads against any team, Australia included, she was all over Australia in the Commonwealth Games uh, a few summers ago. I just, I just think she is a remarkable cricketer. And India's bowling lineup, particularly in the seam department, with Julanka Swami retiring, and then we saw Tita Sadhu come into the team for, for the second and third T20s. They have a real star in the ranks for, for all the kind of young seamers to look up to. Yeah, they do. There's so much young talent there. They've been given the opportunity in this series, and some of them have really shunned through. And I think to have that talent, okay, they didn't have the series result that they wanted, but to see the performances that the youngsters have thrown in and especially um today's match Aman uh, Kaur who went and had that quick fire cameo I think it was 10 off four balls and she took obviously uh, one India the game with that little um, cameo so they didn't have to go into the final over but just to see that sort of confidence and like the ability to deliver that to deliver that because I think that's something that India has missed out on over the years that is that someone to come in at number seven eight who can still at least score some runs and then that pressure doesn't build as much because I think it's safe to say previously you could probably say if you get down to India's number six or seven you've you that's going to be a bit of a skittle for the side playing against them so um to see that talent she's only 23 years of age it was the first game in the series today so to go in and just say you know what I'm going to reverse sweep this or I'm going to paddle this one and just without even having any doubts, it was really refreshing. And yeah, as you mentioned, picked up two wickets. And speaking of of youngsters, or at least players who are, who are fresh to the team, I spoke in our daily for the first T20 about how impressed I was by Saka Ishak and Shreyanka Patil. And they both picked up three wickets today. And it was almost four at one point for, for Shreyanka. I mean... I loved her post-match interview. She was smiling so much. It was, it was almost, so it was, cute, man. It was, it was so, so, so cute. It feels it so, so patronising to almost go like, oh, she looks so cute when she's only a few years younger than you. But it was just so nice to see a player so clearly having fun. But also, she had such a deep understanding of how to bowl on that pitch. Yeah, she did mention that, I think, but during the mid-innings um chat she did mention that I think it took a bit of time in the first two games but today it was much more clear and evident where she had to bowl and what sort of pace she had to bowl here um but I just want to go back on to the fact that obviously England's batting department today wasn't as great but they also did rest Natsiv a brunt and I think the question was and Danny Wyatt and the question was asked that this side, when there is no Natsiva Brunt, we've seen it before as well with Sri Lanka series when she's, I think with Sri Lanka series when she didn't play a few games, that they do seem to have a bit of a wobble. Natsiva, like Brunt, you can tell how clear and important her role is, an anchor of the ship, that when she's been taken out, I think finding the right balance and adjustment does seem to create a bit of problem. And I mean, it was raised multiple times, I saw from, from people on Twitter, apologies, I, I can't remember exactly who, who pointed this out, but said that there's always so much, you know, pointed out that how much the West Indies rely on Hayley Matthews, how much does Sri Lanka rely on Chamari Atapatu. Actually, you know, looking at this performance today, Heather Knight stepped up and she scored a half century. We'll, we'll touch on that in just a second. But England do not look a strong side without Nat Brunt in it. And I know, of course, she was arrested by choice here today, but 
what happens if she she picks up a an injury you know later down the line exactly. she gets so many comparisons to ben stokes and of course she's not as far in her career as ben stokes but when you look at these all-rounders these great all-rounders for england eventually you know they are going to pick up injuries it tends to be in the bowling department we didn't see nat bowl very much this summer during the ashes and you know it, it does it does concern you about what england can do particularly you know as we said heaven night today she managed to steady the ship but even that innings picked up quite a lot of criticism on Twitter. Did you, Did you see that? Yeah, I, I saw I that. I feel it split people massively on some I think there was no that... choice for her, though, because the way the wickets were collapsing on the other end, she had to play that role. And you know that towards the end, she did accelerate. I think she, what, two back-to-back sixes, that's how she brought up her half century. But she had to play that. She had to keep ticking it along because at least 126 is more defendable than having been rolled out for 80. Absolutely. And, you know, the criticism was from, from some that... She didn't start her innings off quick enough and therefore the players around her felt this pressure to play these big shots. But actually, I'd like to talk about some of the dismissals because I don't think the pace Heather Knight was was batting was the cause of that. I don't think that's like a fair argument. Danny Gibson cut a full straight, tried to cut a full straight ball on her first ball and got clean bowled. Freya Kemp shot as well, again, trying to guide a ball down to short third, which was hitting the top of middle. You know, yeah, Bess exactly. Heath, I know she was trying to play a bit of innovation. If she had got that reverse sweep away for four, no one would be saying anything. But when there was so much time left in the game, it felt like a strange yeah, shot to think, play. Yeah, definitely. Dependent on how much time was left and they still had a decent chunk in their hands. And like as a batter, you really have to be decisive. You're going to either hit down the ground or if you're going to go cross bat. And you can tell with those dismissals that you just mentioned, there was a bit of oh, which one shall I do? And you can say, you can tell maybe they were caught out in the middle a bit. Do I go forward? Do I go back? Where, where shall I go? And that split second that they've taken to make that decision has caught them out. And I think just a lack of application to the situation and adapting to the conditions, especially like I think it was Freya Kemp's dismissal of that first ball that, that she got. I just don't think that was the right shot to play. In that length, no. that length, that line, it's your first ball. You haven't even seen what it's doing right but then someone is going to go and say oh but she she started off too slowly she should have gone full whack from the first ball because there's plenty of people out there who would probably say that a good point was pointed out by um henry morano who i mentioned earlier who i was doing commentary with this weekend and he's kind of raised the point that you know a lot of people say heaven knight's not a t20 player she hasn't been in the best of format in this in this format for a little while but he raised her her career strike rate of 117 in t20s and for some context smriti mandana her strike rate is 122 meg lannings is 116 so actually when you look at those kind of career stats and if you only imagine that over time Heather Knight's strike rate is probably actually getting better as the nature of T20 changes. I just, you know, it is a tough one. But I think for now, I can't really see a team without her because yeah, of the way these younger players are playing. I mean, again, I bring up the likes of, you know, we've mentioned the dismissals of Kemp and Gibson. But across this series, and this is a point I, I want to touch on a lot, is, is the form of Sophia Dunkley and her technique at the top of the order has been disastrous. She has not had a good time recently in runs, but it looks like she's trying to smack her way back into into form. And I saw someone mention this this summer, she really struggled to rotate the strike and she would get her way out of these tricky situations in, you know, throwing a, the kitchen sink at it and getting a boundary. Get yourself into positions that you think, actually, hang on, how have you managed to get yourself into this 
much of Simone a Biles could not get into those positions she is getting into. <laughs> Literally. Like, and it just looks like obviously she seems like she's struggling to make that like those decisions. She's not in form. And her only option here is now just attempt full blown, just give it a whack. If it hits, it hits, then obviously bonus. But because she hasn't had a decent tread so far, then if she gets out, she's it's not a bigger loss, if that makes sense. Because it just looks it's so strange because hacky. Like it's very and hacky. Like, and this is by no means us saying Sophia Dunphy, you know, is not a talented player. Because I've seen her her best, particularly that series against South Africa two summers ago, was superb the way she hits down the ground. And I think the thing about batting though, it's all about touch and timing and you can tell there is no touch and timing there right now and it's she's trying to force the timing and the best players know that that's not something that happens, right? You've got to just still trust the process and maybe look at different options. If trying to go big is not clearly working at the moment, just see how you can get to the other end but she's clearly got a lot in her head right now and that's pretty evident with the way she's playing her game yeah I agree and I think another point is that she's obviously already got quite an unconventional technique with her hands so far apart on the back so when you're losing your shape yeah and when you're losing your shape with that grip on the bat it's even more exaggerated and you know it, it never looks good as well when the dismissals are slightly ugly because they get clipped up they get freeze framed and when you're getting clean bowled stood a meter to the leg side with your hands directly up in the air it's not a good look when I was on Getty I came across a few of them and I was like oh my gosh though how like literally I was like how do you get into that position <laughs> I think as well that this series is exposed and not just this series it's been exposed many times before I think is the the lack of technique from a lot of the top order for England of playing in swing deliveries because the amount of times I've seen the players play completely down the wrong line to a ball which has taken their off stump. I think that's a really good point you've touched on and I think the technique issue is very much prevalent and I think you get away with it a lot more if you're in England playing in England as opposed to if you're in the subcontinent where the pitch is doing a little bit and you really need to rely on your technique to get you through. If you just put just uh, if you just stam your front leg out, leave a bit of room, you're not going to be able to be that successful in the subcontinent. Your technique is what's going to power you through and help you build that innings. And I think you can really see how strong the technique is ingrained in the likes of a Smriti Mandana as opposed to let's say we're just talking about Sophie Sophia Dunkley right now. So um, I think technique, especially when you're playing the subcontinent, they've got T20 World Cup in Bangladesh next September. It is something that needs to be looked at because we know how great a player Maya Bouchier is, right? But that dismissal, I think there's plenty of ways of getting out, right? But how you get out, I think they like even in fielding, they say you can drop a catch, but it's how you get under the ball, how you've dropped that catch, right? Did you not even position yourself? Have you not judged it? I think it's the same does come to batting and bowling yeah and I mean you say Maya Boucher Danny Wyatt in the second T20 Alice Capsey in in the first T20 I believe as well all of them leaving that off stump exposed and it was evident over the ash as well yeah it's that and it just looks like everyone just wants to bat on sixth gear like there is no going through the gears. There's time to in a T20 it sounds silly to say but these players have been playing in the hundred you've got an extra Oh my god, I'm trying to do the maths now. <laughs> 20 balls. 20 balls. I'm so tired, Nikki. You've got an extra 20 balls in T20 cricket. 
that was actually really stupid oh my goodness um, um but you do have time and yes heaven night did start slowly but i think her innings was crucial to, to getting england to at least the you know the total of 126 one thing a funny thing i did remember from that innings is charlie dean who got 16 not out in the end a really valuable innings from her as well supporting heaven night but she was given out lbw to Sriyanka and she she saw the replay, she saw that she, you know, sent it up for review, looked at it and went just, oh, that looks out, started walking off the pitch. And then when it was revealed to actually be missing the leg stump, she just started walking backwards again to the crease with a big smirk on her face. And it was it was very Charlie Dean-esque. You know what I really did enjoy was the little tiff between Jemima Rodrigues and uh, Sophie Eccleston out in the middle when apparently, like, I don't think Sophie was like, happy that the umpire didn't call it even though like Jemima walked off like walked back um away from her stance because yeah she stepped away um but uh it was just that and it was really funny like the umpire just goes up to Sophie and just points at her run-up being like go ball I mean Sophie Eccleston it was an interesting case for her today because you could tell she was obviously getting frustrated but what India did well against her today and it was pointed out on commentary maybe Charles Dagnall um it was a great point that so many teams play the name not the ball they go at Sophie Eccleston we you know we have to treat this with respect we have to do this but Sophie Eccleston crumbles a tiny bit and we've seen it before when she's put under pressure if she's bowled a ball which is spinning away and you can cut it cut it because when she gets hit for boundaries she is a player who's passionate and we saw with that exchange that she can get a bit riled up and if you can take down Sophie Eccleston you know there's even more pressure on England's attack which is a, is a young bowling attack you know you you had Charlie Dean, Mahika Gore, Freya Kemp all really young players Alice Capsey and Danny Gibson as well both bowling so you know Sophie Eccleston the most experienced bowler in the team today for England and and she went for over 10 and over she was the second most expensive bowler for England um, behind Danny Gibson, who just bowled the one over for 12. So I think that was key to India's success in, in chasing down that target, you know, with with at least one over to spare. But I, I think it was, it was brilliant the way they played them. Now, both of these teams have not demonstrated the best batting over these series, this T20 series. Nikki, how on earth is this test match going to go down? Because I know it's only four days, but I don't know if we even need four. With the way these teams are batting and the techniques we have been seeing, it could be a two-day test match. I don't think it's going to go through to four days unless there is some major work put in until the 14th, which is, what, three days away technically. So, um, yeah, if this is how they've been playing, I think ultimately technique, your basics stay the same, right, no matter what format you're playing. So... Um, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting test match. Again, it's not at the Wankade Stadium. It's going to be at a different ground. So again, new conditions to get used to, a new surface to get used to. It's going to be at the DY Parthal Stadium, I think just outside of Mumbai. And of course, um, just yesterday, there was the WPL auction, which could be good to touch on just slightly. And you'd be happy to see that Annabelle Sutherland was picked up. For I did see that. I mean, I think she went for the equivalent of about 175,000 US, not US, Australian dollars. So it's pretty, yeah, pretty good scout for her. And I, I, Was it the capitals that she went to? I think so. I think it was. I was happy. <laughs> and 
Of course, my favourite part was Shabnam Ishmael going to the Mumbai Indians now, as if they didn't need any more star power away from Melia Kerr, Natsiva Brunt, Izzy Wong, and now they've got Shabnam Ishmael as well. And you got the dollar, you can get anything. Was there any surprises which, you know, popped up because of that auction? Of course, we saw Danny Wyatt finally get picked up, which she was very happy about, she loves india and i think she had a press conference yeah the day before and she was like well she's put she's like i've put in the hard work in the summer like i've done my performances now if i if i get picked up in that auction i get picked up but there's nothing more i can do and then obviously she's gone and got herself picked up there and i think kate cross has gone to rcb as well right so now that did surprise me a little bit very happy for for kate cross but recently mentioned on on nobles which is her podcast with alex hartley that she's basically kind of said that she she's not getting in the england t20 team and she's basically come to peace with that that her t20 international career might be over yet when you think there's only five wpl teams a limited number of overseas spots but she's been picked up in that before being picked for england like you know are the selectors at rcb seeing something that potentially others aren't i think that's something we've seen a lot as well in the men's game Right. So I'm not surprised that that's starting to infiltrate into the women's game when now we are seeing a growth in the franchise tournaments and the number of them being um, played. So you never know. I think each franchise is like they have a whole the team they have behind the whole planning and the masterminds is what reason they may have brought Kate Cross in and what role they want her to execute. It's different for everyone. And clearly they've got a plan up their pocket. They've got a plan. (laughs) They've got a plan up there. What is it? What's the saying? Your pockets go upwards, Nikki. (laughs) What's the saying? We would be awful in those kind of groups because we'd spend half the auction just going, what's that saying? I can't... And I'll be getting all my names mixed up and maybe we we shouldn't be recruited. Although I would love to just sit there on the table and listen to what everyone is saying. Because I want to know, why has a team not selected... Chamari Atapatu. Yes, I, I was, did see I was, that. I was very shocked, especially with the performance she got she had put in in the women's big bash and she She's player of player of the competition. Yeah. So why would you not be picked up in the WPR? Like I'm not going to say that she hasn't got a chance still because cricket's a funny game and injuries happen and maybe she'll make her way through out um as a replacement for someone if someone does get injured, but I'm surprised she didn't get first dibs especially with the way she performed in the WPL, so um, in the Women's Big Bash League. I mean, it, it is baffling at this point. And I've seen lots of kind of criticism that there's almost a, a bit of favouritism towards Australian and, and English players rather than looking at those contributors from, from other teams as well. But I think she was desperately unfortunate not to get picked up. Amanda Jade Wellington as well wasn't picked up, but despite her, her heroics for the Adelaide Strikers in, in the WBBL as well. Uh, one thing about the, the WPL is that it was mentioned earlier that in terms of the period they're looking to play it, there was some speculation about whether it was going to be played in February 2024, which would clash potentially, if they do choose to mix it around a bit, with the South Africa women touring Australia. So I have read that they've said most likely, I think I saw a statement by Jay Shah, the head of the BCCI. Do you mean literally the god of the cricketing universe? He controls everything. Yeah, basically. We bow to Jay Shah. Um, So I saw a post that he said it's going to be in, he thinks it's going to be the second or third week of February and it's all going to be in one city for logistic reasons and that 
they've there's going to be no difference in the treatment that the men get as a, as compared to the women so expect everything to be the same sort of standard so it'd be interesting of course if they do go for that latter stage of february because that test match between australia and south africa starts on the 15th of february i don't think they're going to want to be clashing with that because the aussie players and some of those big south african players you know they're pretty crucial to to getting the fans in they've got that star power you suspect that they're going to make sure there isn't a clash in that department yeah it'll be it would be a strange one and surely I feel like we're in December it's literally about to be mid-December soon you'd kind of want to have those dates set and if you you knew like the and if you knew like the second season was going to be happening and going ahead obviously then surely those dates should have been set further in advance but isn't it more fun Nikki just like with the men's world cup to just decide the dates at a later stage so that everyone can get slightly confused about where they're gonna be going I think so I think that's what Jay Shah likes to do he just puts like it's like raffle tickets right you just pick one up and say oh it says the 15th we're gonna start on the 15th and then he picks another one and it'll say what month and then he'll pick another one it says the venue like it's a whole lottery I like to think that Jay Shah is a bit of a horoscope girly he just kind of like Get someone to, he, he reads his palm in the morning and goes, oh, today, what am I going to do today? Or flips over his tarot card and say, oh, we're going to change the entire date to the WPL today. Just because that's the title of this podcast, is Jay Shah a horoscope? <laughs> I think it would certainly bring in some, some, some we would get the views. <laughs> On that note, thank you for listening to this episode of Storylines, the women's cricket podcast. Please get in touch with us at Storylines Pod on Instagram or Twitter and keep an eye out for the updates on the test match next week because we are going to be trying to get some dailies to you then. It's going to be fun to organise that, Nikki. Oh yeah, because I'm in India. Nikki's in India. Makes it even more fun. You might be able to provide us some updates from over there. You never know, we might have some more one-man podcasts, which... We know you guys love our rambling and it acts as free therapy for me. So I love it too. Oh, at least it's you doing the one manning then. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, me didn't one man it. <laughs> Don't worry, I would never make you do that because it does send you clinically insane. But thank you for listening. And for now, we'll see you next week. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.